Welcome to I'm Game with with uh, Fred Croner. Today I'm joined by Jay McGrodolution from Muhammad, who is one of the people involved in the Blueprint Muhammad. And uh, Jayma, thank you very much for joining us today. It's my pleasure to be here with you this morning, Fred. So a lot of people, I think, have seen the uh, the flashing electronic signs that uh, say about Blueprint Muhammad. Uh, I think a good starting point would be to tell me a little bit of, of background. What uh, what exactly is Blueprint Muhammad? So it the um, it's the name that our committee came up with. It's called Bulldog Blueprint. It's the long range facilities um, planning committee. Um, we're trying to have community engagement and come up with the best long term plan for our facilities. Um, and we're evaluating uh, enrollment trends, our facilities usage, and the facilities needs and trying to align those facilities with some of our instructional goals and practices and what better way to do that than to collaborate with the community and involve them in the process to come up with the best possible path for our school district. So tell me who all is uh, involved on the committee? Well we have a committee of over 20 community members. Um, they were nominated by um, people in the community um, and then invited to join the community. So we have over 20 participants. Um, we have some district staff as well and a couple board members on our committee. So the co-chairs, I am one of the co-chairs and my other two co-chairs are Jim Risley and Jennifer Soderlin. Audie Puckett was one of our co-chairs and had to graciously step away because she has some um, commitments professionally, but she is still involved in our committee. So when, when did you guys get started? Uh, you're kind of in the in the infancy stage right now, right? Sure. I believe our first meeting was in February. Um, so yes, we are in the infancy stage. We just had our first community engagement last Thursday night. Um, and we plan to have an, uh, two virtual sessions this week. And then in June, we'll have the second round of meetings. So talk about the, the first community involvement session. What uh, What kind of reaction, what kind of feedback did you get? Sure, I think we were very pleasantly surprised. It's a busy time of year, but we had, um, I think just under a hundred people show up to, to um, hear the presentation and to then to give some feedback. Um, we have two virtual sessions this week and I know the one Tuesday night uh, has over 50 participants. So yes, we were pleasantly surprised by that. What kind of feedback, uh, what, what did you hear from the people? Well, mostly it was informational, so that we didn't hear a lot of information. They did do a, a group work activity, and they were um, asked about, after they heard all the presentations from Dr. Hall and the district architect, Damian Schlitt, um, they were asked to, you know, define what their greatest surprise or concern was with, um, with what the information, with what they heard, and then also um, some planning principles of what they would do to plan for this process and then um, information that they would like to hear at our next meeting. And unfortunately, I don't have all that data in front of me. Um, it hasn't been compiled since our meeting was just on Thursday, but um, definitely valuable feedback that we were given. What, uh, share a little bit about what, what information are you giving out? What are some of the points you're trying to highlight? Sure, no, it's more just a, for, for starters, Dr. Hall got up and spoke about the history of the district, which I found fascinating. I'm a longtime community member, but I, there was a bunch of information I didn't know. Um, and I'll share some of that with you right now. Um, so yeah. our uh, junior high was built in 1961 um, and it was built as the high school. So in 1961 and 1966, Lincoln Trail Elementary School was built. Um, and then in 1981, that's where our current high, when our current high school was built. Um, and then the uh, 
building known as the junior high became the junior high in 1981. So I thought that that was all very interesting. Well, I knew a little bit about the uh, the junior high building because uh, I'm so old. That's where I went to high school. So, <laughs> so okay. What uh, I, I guess I'm what I'm wondering when when you started out here, when the committee started out, was there a particular agenda, something you're you're trying to to get accomplished, or are you just trying to see where things take you? I think it, a little bit of both, um, for sure. Like the ultimate goal is to have in December or in November, I believe, to have a presentation for the board about what the community thinks is best for the direction that we should head with um, facilities. Obviously, we know that we need some due to growth, um, and that is another aspect that Dr. Hall highlighted that there's been a demographic study, and that our district just is going to continue to grow, is what the experts say. So um, right now we have. 3,228 students, and in 2030, we're projected to have 3,583 students. So about 11% growth over the next eight or nine years. So is this strictly about uh, the, the buildings and facilities then, or are there other issues and, and things that will be looked at as well by the committee? It is about the facilities, but facilities are all encompassing. It's um, it's you know the, the mechanical, the um, how they op how the facilities operate, not just the actual space, but how does it work? Uh, the classrooms and teachers. Education has really changed over since I went to school. Um, everything's very collaborative, and they need more spaces, and they need um, uh, <laughs> just something that I learned as a sub that there's just not enough outlets in the, the buildings now because. Um, everybody has a device that they use um, in an actor interactive way um, and it's just there's a lot of ingenuity going on but the spaces really don't allow the teachers to do all that they would like to do what kind of timetable do you have for in terms of, of gathering the, the information and the feedback and then uh, giving a report to, to the board sure I, I think I spoke that that initially that we do want to have a product in front of the board in November. So we're going to do these rounds of meetings um, currently in April and then in June. Um, there'll be some work done behind the scenes over the summer by the architect and other members of the team. And then in, I think August, we'll have another round of meetings to gain more input over, you know, cause the direction will be a little bit more defined of where we might wanna go. And then in, yes, in November, then presenting it to the board. After that, I haven't really heard what the timeline is about if we need to take it to a referendum, when the process would start. I don't know those questions right now, the answers to those questions. So when you were getting started getting involved with this, did you feel like it was important to have just not only some, some people on the committee that are, are community members, but also people involved with the, the board and with the schools and, and have uh, had that representation as well? Absolutely. I think that it's so important to have the diversity on the committee from all corners of our community. Um, really, eventually, we probably will have to take this to a referendum because it, it, it potentially is going to be a very big project and price tag. Um, so we need support and we need people to be informed. And obviously, the, the adage that two minds are better than one, I mean, that's why we're here trying to gain any feedback that we can. I would think long term that would help in terms of, of perhaps you know the board listening to whatever the recommendations ultimately are uh, because they're they're kind of involved in the process. It's not like all of a sudden a group of people will come to the board and say, "Hey, here's what we think," and and just kind of you know blindside the board because they they will kind of at least some of them will have been involved. Yes, 
that that is also a key component. And I know that there's just been a lot of talk about transparency and community collaboration, and that's really what we're trying to do here. Um, there are, maybe people think that there's a, a preconceived notion of what we're going to do, but that's absolutely not true. Um, we are here to figure out the best path, and that has not been predetermined. You feel like in, in some quarters, at least, is there a little sense of frustration that uh, when, when uh, Middletown Prairie was built, almost by the time it opened it, it was too small. I mean, is there, because I, I know this is something that, that I have heard is, you know, how could they plan and open this building and then uh, all of a sudden uh, say, you know, there, there's not enough room. Yeah, I've, I've heard that too. And I've, I've wondered that. I haven't specifically asked that question, um, but I know that what I have heard from feedback from the district is that, you know, the enrollment study was not quite high enough. I mean, the, the demographic study of what our future enrollment was um, just was a little bit off base that we had way more students come than they planned. Um, so again, we're trying to think about it very broadly and try to come up with all the solutions and make sure that that doesn't happen again. So in terms of, of what you're looking at, uh, I would assume it's, it's a combination of whether new buildings should be built, existing buildings expanded on, uh, and then is, is there any talk? I, I know at one time there, there was talk about perhaps what is now known as the junior high uh, might be sold or, or torn down. Is, is that something uh, that will be looked into as well? I'm sure we're looking into everything. We didn't specifically talk about what to do with the facilities. Um, we were talking about the needs first. Like first and foremost, we're talking about what we need and what the price tag is for those needs. And it didn't even initially didn't talk about um, building new. We did talk about replacement costs for the junior high versus um, actual what the needs are because the needs at the junior high are very substantial but we didn't get into hey we're going to build new we're we just the the district architect just said these are our needs we've surveyed teachers we've walked the buildings these are our needs over the next 20 years and so that's what we looked at in the first meeting and then there was a light touch on um, replacement cost versus um, just addressing the needs of the current facilities how did this how did this come about to start with uh, i mean was this somebody's idea and they just started getting some other people involved or did some uh do you know how that began i actually do not know specifically i know that this has been in the works for years that's what i've heard um but i don't know whose idea um, obviously it's needed I, if you've walked to the halls of the junior high just as you know not talking about needs but talking about space there's they're busting at the seams um and maybe COVID has done us a disservice and because because not all the students are in the building, but it is, uh, it's very overcrowded. So for, from your standpoint, what was the appeal? What made you want to be involved with, uh, with this project? Well, I love our schools. My parents were educators. So I've always just had a connection with educators and a connection with the schools. The schools are um, very, the vibrancy of our community. They're so important. Um, I have three kids in the district, so I, obviously want the best for them, but I want the best for all students. And um, again, go back to the teachers, I support them and they're fantastic, but they are limited in what they can do with the facilities we have. And every day that I sub in the schools, I kind of, something else comes you know, to my mind of what they could do better if they had the facilities and, and current technology for them. So eventually, you know, when it comes time to, to making some recommendations, will, will everybody's input be considered about equally or like, for example, the, the teachers that are in the building, you know, will that maybe carry a little bit more weight than, than just somebody that, that's a parent or, or maybe just a community member? Well, they, the teachers were already, they were surveyed about what they could 
what they do need in the community or in their buildings. And um, honestly, a lot of them were at the, the meetings as community members, which I found just awesome that they want to, you know, voice their concerns as a community member as well. So yes, I, I obviously what they need, they've already stated and they can continue to state what their needs are. And I think that that should be taken into high consideration. Um, but as, as far as this process goes, we want everybody's voice. And what, what are you hearing are uh, some of the more prominent needs? I mean, you mentioned the fact that, uh, you know, there's not enough outlets, which is obviously important if you're talking about charging Chromebooks that have to be used day after day. So, I mean, that, you know, while on the surface, that may not sound like a, a big need, but, uh, you know, if you don't have it, it, it just throws everything into a quandary. Sure. Um, some of the, and this is more from my experience in the buildings this year, um, the junior high just needs more space and they need, I mean, the cafeteria, the locker rooms, the locker rooms are the same when I went to school and I went to school a long time ago too at the junior high. So, you know, they, they need some updating and overall they just need way more space. Some of their classrooms are the size of an oversized closet um, and you're cramming kids in there. Um, and the teacher is very limited of what they can do in that space. Education is so collaborative now that they aren't allowed to move around and do the group work as teachers would like them to do. But specifically silent science labs. Um, I was just subbing in the science department on Friday and I was talking to one of the science teachers and they have three chem chemistry teachers right now and two of the classes that coincide at the same hour and they only have one classroom that can perform chemistry labs. So, and, and, and with that even, our, their technology is out, to, out of date. If you see what labs look like today, they have more space and they have, um, they're all equipped to do all the labs that they need to do. So I would say science labs, the ag, ag department and the technology department at the high school also are just in the back corner of the school and they could do so much more if they had extra space and all the resources that they needed. So those are just, just things that I have noticed since being at the school. You mentioned about, uh, especially at the junior high, some of the, the classrooms are, are kind of like glorified uh, storage areas. I think in at least one or two cases, they, they really, the, the rooms were storage areas at one time that have been converted. So, I mean, it's not just that they look like they're small, that they really uh, were at one point used for something totally different than, than what they're being used for at this time. They are using every square inch of space that they possibly can find for, for education purposes. So in terms of, you know, I, I realize you're, you're early in the process, but, you know, I, I would think at some point there's going to have to be either building or expansion. Would that include uh, the possibility of purchasing more land or do you feel like the, the land is there now and it's a matter of, of building on uh, existing space that, that already is part of the district's, uh, um, what they have? We didn't really touch on where we would go yet. Um, again, very early in the process and more about what the needs are. Um, and we even went over what the price tag is for what our needs are. And I can share that with you. It was um, approximately $63 million. And this, these are needs over the next 20 years. So there's a lot of uh, HVAC and mechanical that will need to be updated over the next 20 years. So this is, I don't want to make anyone <laughs> have a heart attack, but um, it is over the next 20 years that what we might need, all the repairs and the facilities, if you're putting a price tag on it, it's a roughly $63 million. And we didn't talk about where those facilities would go or what land we would use. It's just more about, hey, these are the needs. So that, that price tag, that rough price tag, that would be for the whole district. Uh, that is for the whole district. And it also includes the bus line, which we, um, you and I haven't talked about yet, but obviously our transportation um, 
buildings. I mean, we've grown substantially since that was built and I don't have a timeline of when that was that facility was built, but um, it's obviously um, not serving our needs currently. So there's just a, a bunch of things that have to be looked at and, and have to be addressed over the, the coming months and, you know, as, as we lead, lead into the upcoming years as well, isn't there? That is absolutely correct. <laughs> so when, you know, a lot of times when, when you, you take surveys, you, you get, you know, people will respond, you know, whatever may be affecting their family. So are you finding that a lot of people that have given any kind of feedback, is it all over the, the board in terms of what people want, or are you starting to see some uh, common denominators in, in terms of, of what people feel some of the needs are? Well, I wish I had the information from Thursday. I don't yet, but but I from what I heard, um, there it's all well, very well thought out, and there are some consistencies. But I do feel like everybody's addressing um, different needs. Um, you know, I don't have any people that participate in the music department, but you know, there were people at the meeting that that's near and dear to their heart, and they spoke up about what they need there. So that's where the community engagement really is helpful to make sure that we're covering all of our bases. Where, uh, where are these meetings held at? The first one was held at Middletown Prairie's gymnasium. Um, and I'm not sure if that's where we'll go from for the next round of meetings in June. We may want to switch gears and have it at the junior high so that people can see the facility. We haven't discussed where we'll hold the second round of meetings. But we do have the virtual option for people that um, either due to constraints, family constraints or work constraints can't attend in person or just aren't comfortable right now attending in person. So we do have those virtual options. And the, the virtual option allows not just uh, to listen, but also to participate. Yes, there's a, there's a work component. They're utilizing technology and breakout rooms. Um, Nikia Benson is helping us with all of that. So that's fabulous that they can actually still participate in a group setting. So going into last Thursday's meeting, did, did you have an expectation in terms of how many people might be there? And then did the actual number exceed that or, or fall a little short? I think that we were hoping for around 100. So we were we were pleasantly surprised with that we were able to get that. We realized that there was a soccer game and there was, I mean, there was a list of activities this spring because of all the seasons being condensed, everything is happening all at once. So I think we were pleasantly surprised to get near 100. And then our virtual session to have over 50, I think is fantastic. You feel like for, for you personally, does this mean a lot, you know, having grown up in the district and, you know, had family that uh, were educators as well? Does, does it mean a lot to you to be involved in this particular project? Yes, I absolutely love being involved in anything school related. Um, I just have a passion for helping our schools. I mean, again, they're the vibrancy of our community. They're why Muhammad is, so, I mean, Muhammad is great for so many reasons, but it's one of the absolute um, biggest reasons Muhammad is so great is because of our schools and I want to continue that tradition and help us grow. And everything just kind of works together. I mean, the, the condition, the tradition will continue to grow as long as you keep the, the quality teachers here and the quality teachers will stay if they have good facilities and uh, the, the parents will, will have their kids in the district if they're good teachers and everything just kind of uh, uh, has a ripple effect on, on one another, doesn't it? It, it does. And so that's why it really is so important to make sure that we're taking care of our facilities. And actually one thing that I do wanna highlight, cause this was another shocking piece of information to me is that, let me find the dates. Between um, 1998 and 2011, um, there was no additional capacity added to our district. So for those 13 years, we did nothing as far as facilities growth and we did continue to grow. So. Um, when we think about, wow, we have big needs right now, 
we didn't we weren't able to do a lot during that time frame so we're a little bit behind and so that's maybe why we have some of the overcrowding and all of a sudden have so many needs is just because we weren't taking care of things we weren't able to take care of things during that time frame any thoughts in terms of, of why that happened that uh you know there wasn't anything done during that time i know there were some financial concerns i don't know this ins and outs i wasn't um I wasn't paying attention then. My kids were very young um, and we had just moved back here. So I, I don't know all the ins and outs of that. Well, you know, this might be a question that, uh, you know, you, you don't know uh, either, but, uh, you know, in terms of uh, the Middletown School, which, you know, several years ago was then sold and it's no longer a school, it's different shops. You know, is there is there any thought that, you know, perhaps it would have been better to, to keep that uh, and, and convert that into classrooms uh, or, you know, update it and, and spend the money needed there? Or was that just going to be uh, too much of a costly proposition? I, I know that they gave some consideration to that. Again, I wasn't involved in any of that, um, but I, they did give some consideration. I think sometimes you just feel like there's operating efficiencies to have everything under one roof. But again, I can't speak to the exact reasons to all of that. I've pretty well covered my questions. Unless there's anything else uh, you can think of you'd like to add, any points I, I missed or that you'd like to make? No, I would just encourage the community to get involved in this process. Um, we need everyone. We need all corners of our community involved in this process. Um, if you don't have children in the district, just consider getting involved anyway, because again, I speak about how our schools give our community some vibrancy. So we do want to make sure that we're doing the best thing there. And we would like input from everyone. So you, you mentioned there are some upcoming meetings. So at this point, you basically got the informational uh, meeting behind you. So will the upcoming meetings be more geared to, to people coming and you know addressing their particular thoughts and, and needs? I think session two will be built around the feedback that we, we received from the first meeting. So of course, we're going to take that next leap. We only did a light touch on how you pay for buildings. Um, how you fund all of this. We didn't really get into the finance, but that's coming down the road of how 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 we're going to pay for this when we determine what we would like. Um, and we also will take into consideration all the feedback that, that we received in session one about the questions that the community wants answered. So give us some dates. When, when are the uh, there's some virtual sessions and you may a couple in June as well. Uh, could you kind of we have two virtual sessions for session one that we just had the live meeting on Thursday. So we have one Tuesday evening, April 27th from 630 to 8 p.m. Um, another one on Thursday morning, um, April 29th, 11.30 to 1 p.m. And session two then, the, that round of meetings starts on June 8th with a live meeting, I guess. And I, I see on here, it's Middletown Prairie Gym. So we are gonna be at MPE again. Um, and then a virtual option on June 9th and June 10th. And all of this information is available on bulldogblueprint.com. And even the presentation, so if you want to see all the slides that Damien and Dr. Hall did a fantastic job giving an overview of, of the current state of our district and then some history. So if you want to see any of that information in print, it's all available on bulldogblueprint.com. And I assume if people forget those dates or times, that they'll continue to be reminders with the, the electronic boards as you're coming into town, right? Absolutely. We will put that out there because, again, we really, really want the community's involvement in this process. Well, whoever came up with that idea, that, that was a great idea to, to um, you know, let people know what's coming up with those those uh, those signs because I, I know that the, the, the um, township has those signs and obviously it's in their best interest if our schools are, you know, doing well, um, because they know that the schools are what attract people to Muhammad. So they, there's been a nice collaboration with the, with the um, 
Muhammad Township. All right, we've been talking today with uh, Jama Grotolution, who's with the uh, Bulldog Blueprint. Uh, Jama, we enjoyed your time. Thank you very much and uh, best wishes moving forward. Thank you, Fred. Have a great day. You too.